1: Circumstance and ceremony, it just might be the arrival of some royal parade or another edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. Hello, I'm your host, Nikki Dakota, joined in the studio by two of the largest uh, depositories of... Film knowledge on the planet, and we call them together, The Film Guys. On your radio left, it is Storyboard Artist with the Cohen Brothers for 20 years and counting, and many, many films we know and love. He's also our friend. He's J. Todd Anderson. Jay Todd, welcome.
0: I'm giving you the whim-wham today, sister. <laughs> I got my heater and my packets.
1: Also, packing the heat today and on your radio right, it is uh, the Nitrate Film Archivist for the Library of Congress and the largest frame brain On the planet. He's George Williman.
2: That's right. I'm packing heat and I am glad to see you. (laughs) Sister.
1: We have come together to celebrate. Giving me the fish eye. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great turns of phrase in the movie that we are gathering to talk about today. And that movie is.
2: T Men. Man. A great movie. Not to be confused with G-Men or,
1: or C-men. C-Men. Maybe it's
0: the acronym for Treasury Men. Right?
1: G-Men yeah. or Government Men. C-Men, C-men customs are... Men. Customs Men. Customs Men. All, you know, very you know, absolute pillars of authority. Yes, yeah, so they give
0: everybody the double shuffle.
1: Give they give everybody the double shuffle. Yeah. But these are T-Men dealing with the uh, commerce of the finances of this nation. Not From.
0: since the Capone case, as they <laughs> have it cracked onto something bigger. The
2: Shanghai paper, paper case. <laughs> That's
0: right. Right. And we're talking about dough.
1: That's right. Which Otherwise comes... known as currency. Currency, dough. Money currency and... hot cash. stuff, cash, bills. Dead president. Folden dead, dead, dead presidents. Except for Ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dead pioneers. That's yeah. right. That's right. He's the only dead
0: president.
2: One salmon, isn't Sam and P. Chase on some humongous bill too, I think? Like the hundred thousand dollar bill or something
1: like that. I can't is that really true? You're, I, or...
2: I believe he is.
1: Oh, yes. how about that? Well we have come together to consider this film because the film guys uh have deemed it perfect. Oh this is a perfect movie. I yes. have a couple of reservations but before You got to have get- your well, You can always change your reservations. <laughs>
0: Kind of have your nose in this genre and kind of know how it started in order to really truly understand why we call it a perfect movie. Um, Because this movie is made in 1947, probably shot in 45 or 46, right after the war. And this is the complexion for motion pictures after the war. The antiheroes, the... Um you know, taking one for the home team, which is the government, but not liking it. Before the war you took one for the home team and made it big glorious. And you were a hero. Yes, right. But after the war you take one for the home team and you're, you're not sap. you're a sap and you but you gotta do it because everybody expects you to do it, you know.
1: Hmm. Before we find out, fill in the uh, the context around these very interesting statements, we must remind ourselves and everyone that the rules must pass very stringent rules of engagement and gentlemen, these rules are.
0: T-Man creates the world that it exists in. And it wholly sustains that world. Regardless of changes in society, T-Man retains its meaning in entertainment value.
2: And T-Man will never be placed in any kind of preferential or numerical order. It is perfect in its own
0: scale. Salute.
1: Uh, of course, there is that uh, magical fifth rule. If oh, You, you gotta
0: th- always put your hand over your heart when we say that. If oh, Nikki sorry. doesn't like
1: it. <laughs> if Nikki does not like the film or, or doesn't fully agree What's with the other rule? rules. Yes,
2: we invoke the next rule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was in stereo just in case you're listening at home with headphones. Um, the movie is beautiful, black and white, beautiful. Shot by John
0: Alton.
2: Oh, Shot by the amazing John Alton, one of the best uh, one of the best cinematographers cinema of the late ever.
0: 40s Everything's movies. in focus in this picture and it's dark. Ooh, I mean black, you know, uh, color-wise. That's Well, oh, God, don't we just darkness. we just went and mm-hmm. did another black and white film. Yes, we like? did. Yes, yet another. <laughs> How
1: <did> we <laughs> do we It is that? beautiful. It's black and white is beautiful. And these guys
0: were They were the the most amazing team in that era, Anthony Mann and John Alton. I mean, they made some really incredible movies when they were teamed up, and the uh, chemistry is there all over the screen. It's beautiful.
2: And Anthony Mann is one of these great American directors who is sadly overlooked these days, um, had a most amazing career, uh, started off with these little little. Bang around uh, film noirs, detective films are all very, very hot edged films. Mm -hmm. Went into some amazing Westerns. I would say, arguably, he is the man who created the adult Western with Winchester 73 and The Far Country. Which we have reviewed. Oh, I did not
1: realize in watching this, mm -hmm. this was the same. uh, Uh, Then he
2: did a total 180 and did possibly what is often called the best biography uh, in Hollywood, the Glenn Miller story. Starring. Starring James Stewart and mm-hmm. June Allison <laughs> And then went uh, back to do some more Westerns. And then went another 180 and went into epics, historical epics with El Cid and Fall of the Roman Empire. Hmm. And um, and then did a couple more films and then died of a heart attack while making a film called Dandy in Aspic.
1: And what year was that?
2: That was in the mid-60s.
1: Wow. So
0: In this movie here, you're going to, if you watch it um you're gonna say well this feels kind of weird well one of the reasons it feels weird is because they never show you a reverse shot in this thing
1: which you pointed out to me and then i became i looked at it again today and i thought
0: i cannot find even when they get on this ship and start shooting it out you know it's impossible to do something there but a solid reverse as we know it where you show the other side of the room
1: Hardly ever so to just explain that clearly again because even when you were saying it to me i, I wasn't getting i was thinking I of you got mirrors. two people
0: sitting at a desk and you're, you're you get the camera pointed at them and uh like say for instance where the camera is there's a door um, and you turn the camera around on the other side of those people to show the door maybe somebody coming in a door that's a reverse that's so really you show the reverse.
1: same scene from so, t- so basically yeah, so if 180. Got,
2: if you have one thing and you're like the camera's facing east looking east then the other reverse would be it would be looking west
0: Okay. Like when we were doing um, uh, the movie by Fritz Long, he, we had invisible re- reverses on those where all of a sudden people would start charging in from, from the other your camera. And this one, nothing happens, but he, they set the camera down and they have the action move in in front of the camera and away from the camera. They don't move the camera around very much. Now, is that
1: for uh, a yeah. filmic effect or is that, did, I think it's did a you mentioned something about cost saving I think it's, or is it's, it's style?
2: I think it's a, it's a little bit of everything. I think it's, it's an economical thing because knowing this being made by Eagle Lion and That was the Eagle Lion overture you heard there Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the show. Uh, Eagle Lion comes out of a company called PRC, which was the smallest of the Poverty Row studios, had a little tiny studio. Edgar Ulmer worked there. Frank Visbar worked there. And they probably didn't have a whole lot of room to have, you know, two-sided Stages, and they're under a a tight schedule. They were on location
0: a lot in this picture, so
2: I'm sure that it could be possibly that that man just did not have the wherewithal to do a reverse. Because
0: if he'd done a reverse, you would have seen the back end of the studio.
1: (laughs) Because there was no extra wall. A lot
0: of good location work in this, and what he did better than almost anybody was figure out the best place to put the camera. Uh, That's. That's half the battle right there in a movie. And he would find, ultimately, the deepest point in these shots. If you get lucky enough to see this picture, it's kind of hard to find. I saw it um, when I was doing a movie years ago in uh, Scorsese's screening room. He had a print of it. I never saw Scorsese, but uh, he had a print of this thing. And it was just gorgeous, just gorgeous. And the people were there that day, I remember, were talking about John Alton. John Alton, you know, and I was just learning who he was. But John Alton knew with these incredible ability that he had exactly where to place the camera and how high off the ground to place it. It. You see a lot of ceilings. And a lot of times in these shots, you'll see the deepest point of that room right on the axis line of the camera.
1: Axis line meaning?
0: The center where the lens center. is. Center. And then they would move all the action around that in this long, deep throw. And it wasn't just a deep square throw. It was always kind of.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and, and and
2: man is really good about this, about just setting the camera down and letting the action occur in front of it. Uh, some directors can do that, and it's just hideous and boring. Yeah. Man will find a really interesting angle or somewhere to put the camera, and then he'll let the action happen in front of it.
0: Like, there's one very clever shot in there where he hands this guy a drink. It's one of my favorite ones. Oh, and that- just before the guy grips the drink, he drops it, and then he slugs him. Well, you'll notice that camera... Is placed in just the right place for that drink to drop in front of you, but it doesn't happen until it happens. Of course, right? Uh, he sets you up completely, and there's so many times like the ear slap that camera is put in just mm-hmm. the right oh, place. That was oh, brutal. and I think one of
2: my favorite ones is where they're they're checking out the the fake bill over the lamp, and the camera's looking it's beautiful. up, through looking up lamp. through the lampshade, and you see the bulb and the lampshade, and and you see them. All kind of distorted. Hey George, tell them at why it. they're doing
0: well, the paper. What what, what, are they, what are we talking about? Let's well, first play. I want oh. to remind
1: everyone that this is a film from 1947. It's Team in, directed by Anthony Mann. And um, also, as far as rule number five goes, uh, this movie had almost lost me until the guy drops the drink and the guy goes to look down at it because he's surprised. And while he's looking down, it's a great slugs party him. gag. You know, next Brilliant. time you don't like somebody,
0: just hand somebody drink. Brilliant. And when they when they <laughs> start Boom. to get it, you drop it and you hit them. Yeah, hard. And really. Say,
1: got, like, and when okay. they get bent out of shape, say, hey, you gotta "Watch that a movie." Yeah. There. Yeah. Clever. So, George, let us know about
2: um, why. T-Men is a story about the men who work the treasury. And in this case, this is the men who are on the detail for counterfeit money. And a lot of counterfeit money has been showing up, and they're really concerned because the paper that this money is printed on is really, really good. It's the closest they've ever seen to the actual paper that is used for money.
1: It's Chinese paper,
2: and it's Chinese.
1: <laughs> sh- sh- hints, so the, Ch- the Shanghai paper case, which the is the Shanghai paper case.
0: Now right. we just borrow money to print money from
1: Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese. You know. So
0: they, the uh, the um, agency gets
2: two agents, O'Brien. And Gennaro, played by Dennis O'Keefe, who is not very well known anymore, and Alfred Ryder, who, who became a, quite a, um, a prolific television actor. He was in Star Trek. He's in many, many things. And they both put on – they go undercover as two gangsters. And in the beginning of the film, they are learning their parts and learning everything about it. That
1: was very interesting. The you know, serious again, background. They had to memorize their new fake striped background. Suits. They put on
0: their striped suits and became gangsters. Because, yeah, they're mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. of their
2: draped, uh, zoot, pleated suits. <laughs> so they head out and they try to get into this Chicago gang. And and a lot of it is just sort of the 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 process by which they ingratiate themselves with the crime boss to get into it. Um O'Brien takes off to Los Angeles because he knows that the paper is out there, which, of course, puts uh, Gennaro in a really bad light because his partners run away and immediately things are, you know, he's accused of this, that, and the other. And these poor guys, they take a lot of abuse.
1: Oh, um, man. Quite, yeah, the, or, the initiation quite a
0: in each one of these gangster clubs is like a thorough beating. And getting your butt kicked all over the floor. And then he's okay, <laughs> and then, oh, don't you right. think? He's, he's okay. Good. Come on. Yeah, he's fine.
2: <laughs> so, and... <laughs> The case basically continues on, and they're trying to figure out who is the head of this crime ring. Is it this this one creepy guy uh, who who they have to deal with? The crime boss in Chicago, or but could, it be, no. this attractive could it woman? be this attractive woman? Could it be this guy who runs a camera store? Who could seems it be the be...
0: schmarmy emollient guy called the the schemer? Steamer. The schemer <laughs> who is played by, and I have to talk about this guy. And he hangs moment. out at the steamer, the steam
2: rooms. <laughs> But The Schemer is played by Wallace Ford, who was an old old actor. I mean, at this time, he was nearing the end of his career, but he goes way, way back. In fact, another film that we, we've we got, uh, Employees Entrance, stars Wallace Ford in the beginning of his career. He's also in films like Freaks, um, a really great little actor.
1: Is that on your list? Freaks? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I think it All is. All right.
2: Um, but he's this great solid actor. as he grew older, he became a great character actor. And in this one, he's the schemer and uh, quite a, quite a power to be reckoned with. But uh, the story goes along. The case goes along. It gets more and more messy. It looks you know they, there are betrayals and there are problems and you know, things happen to the agents. They do finally win in the end, which of course is the natural part of the thing, and we won't really talk about how they win. I mean, we might talk a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, they have a victorious music on the beginning scene. So you know, that's
1: so off, you know that's a good sign, yeah. yeah. Right, but yeah, it, and it <laughs> is sort of, about that. at the beginning of the <laughs> the
2: film noir and the detective mystery genre of yeah, the yeah. post war uh, detective mystery.
0: Now this this film is so different from anything made three years or two years before it because this has all the trappings of coming out of World War II. All these characters have all that snappy dialogue, uh, and they're all they all kind of they're in these blousy suits they wear their hats. But you can tell they've been through some sort of experience. These characters are behaving differently than they did before the war, mm-hmm. and uh, when they or even during the war. Yeah, it's it, everything's changed. This film is kind of sets the tone for all these these noir pictures that are coming. Noir, I'm spelling it, it with an "n" here. Um, all these pictures that are coming, and, and they're all kind of based on this. Not quite shot as beautifully and simply as this movie, "The Scum for Hire," and those those kind of feeling movies, you know, those noir pictures, really kind of foul this picture, don't you think, George? I mean... Oh, yeah. Dark noir kind of thing. It's just not real apparent because it's shot so simply and so effectively. Right, and and because it comes from Eagle
2: Lion, I mean, Eagle Lion was not Warner Brothers or United Artists, so their films, you know, probably did not get the big play that something something else did. So what you hear about a, a lot, you hear of, like, the Asphalt Jungle yes. being the first big noir detective film. Of course, it's like the early 50s, and but it's from MGM. So yeah,
0: so it's going to get a lot more play. But this one, it really, really says noir because it's cheap. It's dark. It's lit very darkly, and you only see what they want you to see. And it's gritty, and it's just so evenly paced uh, to the end. Uh, one of the two interesting aspects of this movie is that it will provide you with not one, but two substitutional sacrifices. Where somebody, and what is that? Well, there's always somebody who's going to take one for the home team. Now, it used to be the home team was the organization, but in this one, you're taking one for your pal um you know like the in the in the, there's a section in the movie where his his partner has been uncovered and they've got him and now for a fraction of a second which is done better than i've ever seen it and it could be done today they could shoot it just like this today it'd be fine it wouldn't be outdated is just before they let him have it let his pal have it his partner he hasn't got a minute a second to save him because they shoot him poof and then before he can even think about to formulate a way to step forward and maybe
2: yeah try to save him
0: yeah and, and say you know throw himself in front of him and blow the whole case but before he gets it he gets it again his partner covers for him so he hesitates and then he he finally gets shot and he's killed and so the he takes one for a major major sacrifice for his partner and the cause that they're doing, he goes down, and he's married. Um, oh, I know. Awesome. Yeah, and he gets fingered by his ex-wife, who somebody's always covered, and it just kind of happens. But the, then the second uh, position of uh, where the substitutional sacrifice takes place is at the end when Larry Miller, isn't that the guy, character's name? I believe you... it is, the guy who runs
2: the camera store.
0: Yeah, I mean, he knows that this guy, they're going to let him have it. And just before he gets ready to make the deal... He takes one. So everybody's taking one for O'Brien in this. So there's two. Usually there's one substitutional sacrifice in a movie. But in this one, it's very interesting. They got two of them that kind of make, you know, because this guy's a valuable commodity. He's guarding... Our, you know, our treasury stuff. You know. Our he's protecting, protecting our, our money, from, protecting our money, our financial The bad system, guys. Yes, you know? So that's well, I never
1: knew that term, substitutional sacrifice, and I understand what it means because he's in peril, 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 and it's coming to a head, and something has to give. Mm-hmm. So it huh, happens quite yeah.
0: frequently in movies. Somebody takes one for the home team or the person. In this case, you know it. It's kind of hard. Before the war, it would probably be a little bit different. But after World War II, you're seeing it's, it's a little bit different take on that, don't you think, George? when somebody yeah. takes it for the home team.
1: We're talking about Team Men, the Anthony Mann directed 1947 black and white film that uh, set so many trends in motion. And we have a clip here, gentlemen. It's a uh, this the- is um,
2: O'Brien, who is uh, Dennis O'Keefe's character, is being grilled by the bad guys because they they're you know they're wondering. Well, they're wondering what's going on, you know. So let's take a listen to that.
1: Jail Johnson, Detroit. You guys open the clothing store? What's your game? What's yours?
0: We'd like to know what you were trying to pull out the club, Trinidad.
1: I don't follow you. No. A little trick of folding money a certain way. Where'd you pick that up? Where'd you get the lowdown on the Trinidad? Schemer, Tony? I
0: read it in a book. You don't know any Schemer, huh? I can't hear a thing you're saying.
1: They've got his fingers. They're twisting his yeah. fingers. I was gonna
2: say it's the one thing that Anthony Mann became very well known for are these these, these this shocking violence that appears in his films out of nowhere. Yeah, not not are they just twisting his fingers? They have his fingers over the back of a chair and he's pushing down on them, so he's pushing them sideways. And he's you
1: know, grimacing which, and, and, then, and he doesn't he doesn't doesn't, yeah. doesn't sing like a can. And, and it's, yeah, it's, of course, when they
2: get it's,
0: finished, it's, he's okay. He's
2: well, a <laughs> moment later is where he slaps both of his ears. Yeah.
1: Oh, horrible scene! Like uh, when I
2: th- yeah, just like a percussion hit, bam, on both of his ears. And you
1: can imagine, I mean, it's like got to be damaged to the, yeah, to the eardrum, and just awful. Um, so my my little beef with this film is a actually kind of goes back to what you said. Actually, as a as a strength, is like that it's evenly taste. Now there's a lot that happens here but you know, but it's kind of like a drum beat. I wrote uh, while watching this. it's kind of like watching a beautiful Clydesdale slog through the mud. It's good to look at. This information is interesting and compelling in some ways but it's so much just like a, a slow beat of a drum and the first stretch when they're doing the ex- exposition with you know explaining w- with the man behind the desk sort of the uh, moderator if you will who's telling us about what the treasury is and the and the f- this, these six fingers make the fist that is the treasury and it's like,
2: <laughs> which of course means that the treasury is like this abnormal mutant, <laughs> mutant child
1: what is that? But it just, it just, I thought it was so pedantic and so like instructionary. It was, I didn't like it. But uh, so I thought the first part was pretty hard and we weren't going to be able to uh, meet rule number two until the guy dropped a drink and the other guy clocked him. And it, and then I got a little better because the the intrigue level came up, but I found and it- I
2: think oh yeah I could see where you know looking at it in in you know in retrospect yes it is somewhat pedantic and and somewhat almost like an educational film it at the beginning is. but I think a lot of that may come from that you know the name like T Man I think they re- that it is possible I'd have to do some research on this that a film about the Treasury Department had not been done and people really didn't know. That there was more to the Treasury Department I didn't know 'til this week. because money. they
0: tell you right up front you could get a bad grade and it could be the edge of a knife or a bullet or an ice pick. <laughs> <laughs> that's our idea of bad grade the i got a bad grade,
2: grade right. ice pick when i was in the third grade.
1: It was Nasty. <laughs> still have a mark
0: and mm-hmm. a city of two million there's a lot of people over the the height of five foot nine that's, <laughs> that's a, the, the description the this
1: one guy in a city of two million there's quite a lot of people at the height of five foot nine i thought that was actually kind of funny but in this, a, this a seemed a to be a, actually this,
2: this seemed to be a popular way of doing detectives at this time if you look or listen to the dragnet program yeah. uh, on radio or on, on, on television, they are constructed in this very same manner. A lot of it is the – I mean the interest to people was the process. The process – and it actually harkens back to M even, the interest being the process – of hunting down and searching out these criminals. And at some point in this film, Anthony Mann kind of gets to take over and says, okay, now we're going to knock some heads together. You know, we're going to throw someone down and we're going to box put them ears. in a
0: steam room. Put St- them in a steam this room. This movie has the best steam room scene. And they go back there like four times. In fact, they do yeah. a steam room montage of trying to find the right Yeah, Yeah, Dennis, Dennis
2: O'Keefe. And- Dennis Mm -hmm. O'Keefe is sent out to find the schemer, and all they know about him, he's a little guy, he's kind of roly-poly, he's got a scar on one shoulder, he chews Chinese health herbs, and he hangs out in steam rooms.
0: With lots of other old sweaty (laughs) men. (laughs) That are, so like, he's sitting so at low yeah, angles. There's, so there's that, this you know, great, and you see towels and stuff like that.
2: There's this great <laughs> montage of him going to every steam bath in in Lo, I think in Los Angeles, and and he's just getting more and more worn out. But he,
0: wait, there's more. There's not enough there because they got to go to the steam room again to you know to discuss something, and then they kill him in
2: the right. in
1: the steam room. In this, yeah, and he's against the
2: glass. In this little, we have a little a little uh, clip of actually the murder of schemer, and the murderer is Charles McGraw. Playing this character Moxie, Moxie, and, and McGraw is again one of these great undersung, um, undersung character actors. He a good bad guy. He's, he's got this great gravelly voice, and he's, he's got really, really striking jawline. He's really yeah. tough looking, and um, he's probably best known as the gladiator trainer in Spartacus, who ends up rather badly too. Yes, but let's take a listen to this as he kills off the schemer.
0: <laughs> hiya Moxie. Hot, ain't it? I didn't know you took these steam baths, Moxie. I don't. You know, anything happened to these pipes a guy could kick off? Yeah. Huh?
1: You never thought of that.
0: Moxie, I'm... Glad you come, I gotta to you, but this new guy, Tony, today the farmer's market he bumped into a dame I think it was his wife. Tony says he ain't married. Listen, Moxie. Tony even propositioned me. You double shuffle on a plate. Oh, he ah! did, huh? Yeah. Trying to rig me in on the deal. Manchester. Moxie, we've been friends. Moxie, when I was up, I used to help you. Remember? Moxie. Let's work out a scheme. Come Wha- And he's down. down for the count. There's and what, the
1: sound of him, who he's trying to break the window break to get window out because they're the gonna boil him like a lobster. That's and right. what's really interesting uh,
2: is, is there's a scene earlier on where it looks like the schemer's gonna cash it in, and he he wankles his way out of that one, you know, because he's the schemer. He's the schemer. But this time he's not able to. Better hit do that bad. spoiler alert right now.
1: Well, because we got a little something to spoil here. Yeah. We got. well we can't really, yeah,
2: we can't really talk more about this without yeah. giving something away. Now, I'll
0: tell you, there's one really cool. One cool thing about movies, and that's going to the docks. Because you know it's bad news when they go to the docks, something. <laughs> it's true. And, and of course they get on there and they say we've lost track, we lost touch with O'Brien. They've lost, so they now we're we're in this thing where he's in peril. But he goes to the docks because that's the end he, of a right. line. It's yeah. the
1: end of the land. Docks line are anyway. never a right. good place for anybody to go in movies. <laughs> they don't go there. Yeah,
0: they end up on those really cool steps on ships shooting at each other, and that's where uh, the substitutional sacrifice is making his deal. Of course, he gets it from behind by Moxie. Moxie. Yeah, but they're on this, you know. This this classic situation where they're on a, a, a like a steamership a steamership which I think
2: is being used as the printing place for the money yeah, yeah. and
0: they're shooting yeah. they're shooting they're shooting they're shooting they find out the big boss man the guy who's who's in charge of everything Cold so he can get out of town real quick on one of those big ships you know? uh-huh. but they uh-huh. shoot it all out in classic. You know, And then, of course, once everything's settled, the cops come rolling in. Yeah. How do they do that? How do they know that timing? They all come in and settle everything after that. Um, uh, but this is you know, very classic Anthony Mann and and John Alton on this ship. They're just shooting out on these crazy steps. And, oh, man, we're out of time. We Don't
1: are. We. And is, was-
2: and, well, and one added little added treat here. The uh, the author of the screenplay, John C. Higgins, who worked with Mann on a few of these early ones and, and seems to be one of the people who really came up with these really grisly Deaths and and things The ship that they go on at the end of the film Is called the Higgins (laughs) Did not notice
1: that Indeed, we've been talking about uh, a classic film. I, I I do very clearly see why you appreciate it and enjoy it. But for me, uh, we kind of we dropped it a little bit. Um, I'll give you create the world, but sustained it. Not so sure, but certainly um, has some relevance well, we're to glad today. You're going to give us the comfort. Isn't that there, nice you know of me? Yeah. Yeah. Generous, All I know about so very four. gracious. <laughs> 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 Huge shout out to the Little Art Theater in Yellow Springs, thank you, Little Art. Okay, that's up. Go there and see a movie; you'll be glad you did. Gentlemen, see you next time. Thank you Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.